With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your, I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, I tell you what, we're starting off rough tonight, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, Our music didn't play, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, and I was waiting for the music, too, and I'm thinking, wow, this has got to be one of the craziest shows we've done, and we haven't even started. <laughs> but you know what, I, Brian, I, I, you know, I say this. It's because so many people will receive the answers and the prayers, the things that they've been praying for, they're going to hear it tonight. A lot of relationships, a lot of people are thinking about getting married. We have a ton of people listening in, and I tell you what, a lot of people will be blessed. And all of these problems that we're having before doing this show, and all, that's not going to stop us from doing anything. It's going to be a wonderful show, and I tell you what, Brian, our guest is wonderful. You've had a chance to go on her website. I've sent it out everywhere. I've received email messages back, and they could, I mean, people just can't wait until we bring her on. Absolutely. Greg, as I've been starting to show off, and uh, I first want to apologize. I'm a little under the weather, so my voice may not sound as great as it could be. But um, as I've been starting to show off in the past couple of months, you know, I want to start off by saying that, you know, if you can, if you have, if you will, please continue to donate and pray for the people in Haiti. You know, this is the beginning of the rainy season, and many of them, uh, are going to face some difficult tasks of having a place to live because they can't live in an area that's flooded. They can't live in an area that's, you know, that doesn't have good f- footing on the ground. You know, they commonly have mudslides. And so if you just think that the hurricane, I mean, the uh, the earthquake was devastation, just imagine the rainy season and then hurricane season that is going to be coming pretty soon for those people. So continue to pray for them. Continue to donate if you can. One of the efforts that I know myself and Greg have been donating to is the Yale Haiti Project. Yeah. And so I try to tell everyone every week to donate 5 or $10 to the Yale Haiti Foundation. And you can do that by texting Yale, that's Y-E-L-E, to 501-501. And that will donate $5 to the effort. If you donate to donate $10, you text Haiti to 501-501. And again, if you can't send something, if you can't do something, at least pray for them. But Greg, I agree. I think we're going to have an awesome show tonight. I didn't get a a whole lot of a chance to talk with our guests before the show. So all my questions that, you know, that I would probably have already thought about and written down and everything and sort of pinged her on before the show, they're going to be fresh on my mind, and I'm, you know, I, I'm ready to bring her on. I want to just bring her on. Let's go ahead and introduce her. Yes, we have a special guest, marriage coach, inspirational speaker, and best-selling author, Jewel R. Powell. She's affectionately known as the marriage coach. Yes, and she's an inspirational teacher, speaker, and just a dynamic person when it comes to uh, the mission of married couples, especially those who are having trouble in their marriages. She's the author of Marriage 101, and she's found herself, she found herself separated from her husband after four years of marriage and on a spiritual journey. She quickly found out that marriage was nothing like the fairy tale books. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> but I, I want to I just bring her in, and I want her to finish off what I've just discussed. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, best-selling author, Jewel Powell. Hi, Greg. Hi, Brian. Hi, Joe. Welcome again to the Butter Solutions Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I want to start off by asking this question. What is Marriage 101? 
Marriage 101, I had to, if you remember um, in college, some of us had to take remedial classes, and so you had to take the basic all over again because you weren't ready to move forward. And basically, Marriage 101 is, um, you know, you get into marriage and you think you know about marriage, and um, I had to do it all over again. I had to go to the source, to the creator, which is God, and to the Bible, and say, what is it about marriage? Teach me how to be married. And so he gave me some basic marriage 101 principles on how to uh, be a good wife to my husband. Wow. You know, um, and Greg was sort of alluding to this earlier, you know, but what I've found is that not many people know how to be married. You know, when they get married, they you know they think that it's all, you know, peaches and cream and rosy, and you know I'm going to be in love with you for the rest of my life. And then they get that reality of, hey, this is going to take a little bit of work. Mm. You know? A lot, a lot of work, not a little <laughs> bit, a lot. <laughs> you know, but if you would just share with us, you know, something that that surprised you when you first, you know, became married. Mm, that's good. That surprised me. I think um, I think that what surprised me is all the problems that we had. I assumed that because we were having so many problems and we weren't getting along that I married the wrong person. And clearly before I got married, I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to let me know if this man was for me and felt like I had gotten the okay that he was, but afterwards it just seemed as though I had married the wrong person because we just couldn't get along. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Were you prepared? This is Greg. Were you prepared? Were, you know, did your, your parents, your mom and your dad, did they sit you down and talk to you, or did, you, or did they teach you as a little girl how to, uh, not so much how to be a wife at a very very young age, but how to carry yourself um, as as a you know as a, as you were growing into your your teen uh, ages. Did they teach you you know just 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 how to be a giving and not a selfish person? Because in marriage you oh boy you you have to really really work at that. But did they groom you into being the uh, a person that will be open minded in in you know, just, just preparing you for marriage, actually. That is such a great question. And um, no, they did not. I had, my parents were divorced. So um, I had two sets of parents, and I saw two different ways. I had a biological father and a stepmother who fought, who actually physically fought each other all the time, um, cursed each other out all the time. They stayed married until my father passed, but it was a lot of chaos in that marriage. And then I had my biological mother and my stepfather, who I never saw um, argue with one another. And so I just didn't, it was like just two extremes that I grew up with. And I love the question because the way that my husband and I are now parenting our children is exactly what you said. We want our kids to see the ups and downs. We want our kids to see us when we're angry at each other, when we make up. We want them to see us go on dates. We are actually grooming them in the way that you said. Mm. So I didn't have it, but I'm actually grooming my kids that way. Awesome. So you're breaking the cycle from the first uh, parenthood that you had. Absolutely. When I was um, separated and getting ready to divorce my husband, I just felt that the Lord say that if you don't break the generational curse, then it's going to be up to my kids, which each generation is going to get harder and harder to break a curse. And I just didn't want to put that on my children. I felt that I was strong enough that I needed to be the one to break that curse. And you know what? The, the beautiful thing and why I have so – you've won me over already, let me say that. The, the thing that – stands out to me is the fact that you had an ear for God, and you said you were about to walk away from it. I mean, can you imagine uh, walking away from something as beautiful as it is right now? 
I know. It's, and it's so crazy because when you're in your situation, all you can see is where you are, and it's pretty bad. And you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You don't see hope. You don't see a great marriage. And I didn't. And so for me, I wanted to divorce. I was through. It was over in my mind. I, I just wanted to be over. But that same night that I kicked him out, I went to God. Because we're Christians, we're believers, so we believe the word of God. And so I just went to the person who created the institution of marriage and said, wait a minute, God, what is it about the institution of marriage that I can't seem to get as a Christian, most of us can't seem to get, can you teach me how to be a good wife? That's powerful. Greg, you know, I want to say something. Wow. You can almost almost feel how good it is for her now. Yes. Just based off when when she answered, she said, "Hmm, <laughs> you know." And so immediately that tells me that she's got it a whole lot better than she'd even imagined it would be from that night. Absolutely. You know, my marriage to be where I am right now. I mean, my husband and I sometimes look at each other while we're laying in bed, and we just thank the Lord that we didn't get a divorce. Because there is hope, there is um, a, a great marriage. But what we didn't understand is, is that most of us, when things get hard, and this is people, these are kids, these, everybody in general, when you come up against a challenge, when you come up against struggles, the first thing you want to do is run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you just stay in there and you work through that thing, on the other side, there is a joy that you can't even imagine but you have to go through it in order to reach that joy. You know, and see, there's two things that you're dealing with with that situation. See, one is fear. Yes. And the other is faith. See, you have to have faith that everything will work out, but most of the time we deal in fear. Yes. And see, fear is forget everything and run. Yes, right. You know? That's right, because that fear stops you from a lot of the principles that I learned it stops you because it's like, well, what if it doesn't work? What if they never change? What if, you know, um, I can't really have the kind of marriage that I want? And so for me, I stopped focusing on those types of things, and I just focus on, Lord, just tell me how what I need to do. And so a lot of the principles that I was taught through the Word of God, he just taught me what I needed to do to make the difference in my marriage and not really focus so much on whether or not Lewis was going to make that change. Well, let me ask you this. Well, in, in the, I think it was your father, the first the first family, basically. Uh, you were with your mom and, I mean, your, your dad, your biological father and, and another woman, is that correct? And you said they fought all the my time? My stepmother. Right. Yes, my stepmother. Were, were you, let me ask you this, and it's a really deep question. Were you focusing on what you didn't want to happen in your marriage more so than what you wanted to happen? And, you know, do you think that's where the fear crept in, you know, creeped in? And do you think that that's where that happened? I don't know. I can't say that I ever thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that what always was in my mind was that if I ever had to deal with physical abuse, I would not stand for it. And it just so happened that one time my husband and I did physically <laughs> we physically fought one another, and it was like, okay, Lord, now that draws the line. That's just, that's just I'm out. <laughs> Forget this marriage ministry. Forget this marriage. I'm out of here. Um, but I had, but there was something deeper in me that I can't even explain. Well, it was God. His right. His love was so deeper in me, the depth I can't even describe of his love in me that really came out to forgive my husband because I understood that that's not who my husband was. Right. And, Brian, I can tell but, you, yeah. I can, Brian, I can hear in her voice that the sister don't play. I can hear that. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I can hear it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But but in, in, when you watch television today, uh, we we see so many marriages just falling apart, and so many young people that are getting married. Do you think they have an idea, or do you think they have a clue as to what they're getting themselves into? 
I don't think any of us do. Um, I think that even a person such as myself, we went through three months of premarital counseling and, you know, uh, read books or whatever. I don't think any of us know. You don't know until you're actually in it. And that's why you can be engaged and, and living with someone for years. But when you get married, all of a sudden it's a different beast because you just, it's something about being married that until you're in it and you've done it, you can't explain it. <laughs> so I don't think any of us know what we're getting into. I'll say this as, you know, being married, there's no one that can cut you with words like your wife and your mother. Or your spouse. Or your yeah. spouse, period. Your husband, right. too. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. Uh, right. I'm just speaking on my part. I know other people probably right. say the same thing, but oh, my goodness. Why? But you know the answer to that. Why? Uh-huh. Because those are the closest people to you. Those are the ones that you care about the most. So those are the ones who can get to you like that. And that's why marriage is really, to me, it's an opportunity for you to grow and develop because who closer to you is going to sharpen you to develop really the character of God because that's what it all boils down to, the, the principles that he gave me. It all boiled down to he was trying to get me to a point where he created us in his image and his likeness, and it's about character. I had to develop the character of God, and once I – what I tell people is once I took on these principles and developed these principles, I became a better Christian. And because I became a better, better Christian, I became a better wife. I didn't become a better wife first and then a Christian. I became a better Christian, and then I became a better wife. Awesome. You know, I, I think that's just so important, that, that the way you put that, because most people would immediately focus on becoming the better husband or the better wife. Right. Not realizing that becoming the better Christian automatically defaults you into becoming the better husband or the better wife. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the, the biggest the the biggest lesson I I think that I've learned was when God said, um, you know the scripture that um says what is the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. And it says, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all, with all your mind and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, so many times we're trying to love horizontally without first loving vertically. And you can't love your spouse until you have a true love for God and go upward first. I totally agree. I totally agree. I like that. That's- Let's talk a little bit about Marriage 101, the book. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, first off, let's tell us what inspired you to actually write the book. Because we know you lived it. We know you went through it. But why did you, what made you write it? The call, um, the night that I kicked my husband out. Again, I went to God and said, what is it about the institution of marriage that I can't seem to get and others can't seem to get? And he said, everything, I so clearly, so clearly, he said, everything I tell you to do, do it and put it in the book. Mm. So I got the call and I did just that. Everything he told me to do, I did it and I put it in the book. And that changed my marriage around. Wow. I think it's so important. God's word, God's word works if you work God's word. <laughs> it's like so that. many times, it's so many times, God said that I was a hearer only and not a doer. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've been going to church since I was five years old. What do you mean that I'm a hearer only? I wasn't doing what the word said. We go to church. I've been going to church since I was five years old. We go to church. We know word. We can quote scripture all day long, but if you don't apply the scriptures to your life, you'll never get the results that God has for you. And so when I started applying what he was teaching me in his word, that's when stuff started turning around for me. And that takes a lot of faith and courage too, am I correct? It takes a lot of faith because take, for example, 
um, one of the principles that he gave me was to act biblically, and that is a person who does what is right even when others are not. So God tells us to love our enemies and to pray for those that despitefully use us. That's kind of hard to do. That takes a lot of faith and it takes a lot of courage because we are built to hate those that hate us. We are built to curse those people out that curse us out. But God says, no, you don't do that. You're still required as a Christian to do what's right even when others are doing wrong. So, yes, that takes a lot of faith and a lot of courage. When, when now, now that you're married, let's talk about now and, and how you guys handle things because I know that you're always being tested and, and it doesn't, you know, your marriage, none of our marriages are perfect. And, it, you know, there's going to be some fallout times, some times when you're angry or whatever. But how do you deal with conflict now? That's good. Um, and it's good for people to know that what you just said, even after you've written a book, you're definitely going to be tested, especially about marriage. But as long as you're married, you're going to have trials, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have challenges, and we still do. What we do now, we just deal with them differently. Um, At one time, there was a time that um, we would get ready to argue, and I would just walk away, and my husband would follow me, and he would just keep going and going and going and going. I'd be like, oh, my God, and then I would just blow up because he blows up, you know. Now that we sat down to talk about it, I'm like, honey, when I walk away from you, it's not to disrespect you. It's that I need a break. I need to get myself together before I go off. So now he respects that. At first he thought it was me disrespecting him. So just little things that we are just talking about as far as why we do what we do. Um, and just understanding some, some basic things, like, for example, with communication, that you don't always have to have someone who wins and someone who loses. You know, we're so busy and we're taught that there has to be a winner and a loser. It doesn't always have to be that way. It's okay for us both to disagree about something. You know, we don't have to always be, you know, um, when you ask for the who's the best R&B singer of all time, if I say Patti LaBelle and he says Aretha Franklin, well, I don't have to make you come and think like I do. It's okay that you think it's Aretha Franklin. It's okay that I think it's Patti LaBelle. So just knowing some things now, um, and, again, reading books, um, getting knowledge, because we lack, we perish because we lack knowledge. Mm -hmm. So just getting the knowledge and understanding certain things now, we apply those to our life because, You have people like me, other authors, people like you who are doing radio shows. What we're trying to do is give people knowledge. Well, you can give people knowledge, but if they don't apply it, then you're still not going to have any results. So the thing is about applying the the knowledge that you're learning. um, Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, it's funny you would say something as simple as, I like Patty, you like Aretha, because there have been many a marriage that has been that has been destroyed based on a, an opinion. Yeah. You know, that person decides that I can't be with you because you don't agree with this or I don't like this thing that you do, you know, and it could be something that that person has always done and you've always known about it, but you were right. vocal about it and saying your maybe your displeasure is that that person smokes or that person occasionally takes a drink, but you've never been vocal about it. You just always held it in there somewhere, you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. And it's because yep. of these simple things that, and you said it's so right with communication. You know, uh, Greg and I we go around and we talk about communication a lot, and we've been doing it a lot more lately because we found that that is so key in not just marriage but any relationship absolutely. on the job with your friends. If you don't communicate your feelings to your friends the right way, you may lose them, or you mm-hmm. may get the wrong friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it so it was just refreshing to hear that word communication yet again, Greg. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna mention that to her too. I was gonna say, well, you know, when when you uh, Miss Power, when you go around speaking and doing your workshops and seminars, do you touch on communication? I mean, I know you have to uh, when you're talking about marriages. Absolutely. Um, We have a marriage curriculum, and in that marriage curriculum, we talk about communication. I also have a uh, four-book miniseries, and one of them is dealing with communication as well. 
because, again, you've got communication, sex and intimacy, finances, and parenting are your four major players that uh, may destroy a relationship. So those are the four mini books, and they deal with those issues. You know what, let's talk about the, the intimacy, the sex, sexual part and the intimacy part of it. You hear all the time people say, well, I'm married now, and um, I don't lust after anybody else. I don't, there's nobody else that I want. As a man, I mean, when you you still look, it's, I'm just being honest, a lot of men, they, they still look, they may not go outside of that, but I, I think when people get married, when they place that ring on their finger, I, I believe that they think that their weaknesses before they got married would just disappear because they're married. Does that make any sense to you? Well, where, where well, from with that? well, I think that, um, you know, I mean, all of us, we know that when we're married, we're only supposed to be sexually active with right. our, with our spouses. Right. Um, I think, you know, just like men, you know, women look too. I mean, my husband and I, you know, we're just looking at this commercial, and it had a man with a very nice body, and it's a pine soul. So every time I see the pine soul, I'm like, it's it's the pine soul, baby. It's the pine soul. And he's like, you know, he's like, well, baby, in three months I'm going to look just like that pine soul man, you know. But he understands we joke about it. It's, it's all in fun as long as you don't lust. Right. Um, after someone to where, you know, you want to have sex with them or you want to, you know, go outside of the marriage. But we're all human. We all look, you know. My, I don't care that my husband thinks someone else is fine, you know, or or I don't think he cares. As long as we know that we love each other and he's the only person, he's the apple of my eye, you know. Pantol is good to look at, but this man has so much more. My husband has so much more as far as, He's just the best thing to me, you know, as right. far as looks, as far as intelligence, you know, how he loves me, how he treats me. So I don't even care about that other stuff. And you know, it's funny. That, that, that made me think about the 80-20 rule, Greg. Yeah. Remember on the movie, uh, Why Did I Get Married? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 80-20 yeah. rule, you know, you see that, you see that person and, you, you know, you're only going to get 80%. And you see that person, you think they can make up the 20, but then all you get left with is the 20. That's right. That's right. I mean, the grass always looks green on the other side. I mean, the enemy is going to make you think that, um, where the grass looks green on the other side. But you do not want to um, put your toe on it and just, just taste it a little bit. You you stay out of that. <laughs> you stay you off that grass. Actually, that, that ain't grass. It's crab grass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you stay off that grass. <laughs> you know, I want to... Uh, Make sure we send everybody to your website, and the website is www.marriage101.us. And I'm on yes, there now, one. and I'm sort of going through and reading some of the things, and I just love this mission that you have. Because I want to read what her mission says to everybody. It says, our mission to change the course of our country one couple at a time. That is so Absolutely. powerful. Absolutely. All we can do it is one one couple at a time. If I can just affect one couple, then that's great, you know. And then once I affect them and and get them on the right track, then I can move on to the next one and affect them. It's not about um, numbers for me. It's just about um, helping, just helping people. And you know, the sad part is is that you're here to help, but again, you can. Um, I remember going to the, um, before my husband and I separated, we went to a marriage conference. And the first thing I said in my mind was, this marriage conference is going to change my marriage. And we went to that conference. We argued for it and fought the whole time, and we ended up separating during the conference. (laughs) And I remember thinking to myself, I thought this, this conference was going to help my marriage. And what I realized is that you can pick up books, magazines, you can go to conferences, seminars all day long, but if you don't apply what you've learned, it's all for naught. So I get a little frustrated when I'm sitting here and I'm telling these people, you know, okay, this is what you need to do. And they're like, but he won't do right. It's like you've got to stop looking at him. You're responsible for only you. (laughs) 
right. you can only change you. You can't. The way that you change your marriage is you change you. You don't focus on what they're doing or what they're not doing. You change on what you you focus on what you can change and what you can do to better your marriage. You know, Greg, I can remember when I was doing a favor for my cousin, and um, her coworker was having problems with her computer. So I went, you know, uh, with my cousin to her coworker's house, and. Before I knew it, I was in an all-out marriage intervention. And I was sitting there just listening to the lady as she was complaining about her husband. And he was sitting there just as quiet as can be. And she huh. ca- talked about all he wants, he's lazy. All he wants to do is watch TV. All he wants to do is spend all my money. You know what I mean? She went on and on and on and on. And every time he would try to say something, she would cut him off. And so finally I said, will you give him an opportunity to speak? And the one thing that the guy said was, she never listens to me. Mm. And it was just so profound because he was a very quiet guy. He wasn't Mm. violent. He wasn't, you know, doing it to my knowledge. Of course, I just walked in on the situation. But, you know, the one thing that he said was, she doesn't listen to me. You know, what when you deal with certain relationships and when you're coaching people, what's the biggest thing that you hear from men? From men. Um I guess mostly really dealing with sex and intimacy that um they don't feel like they're getting enough love physically physical love from their spouses. I think that's that's big for the men, I think for the women, we most of them talk about communication, how they don't communicate. Um, so those are the biggest problems that I hear. Well, let me ask you this: um, I, I've I've listened to uh, a lot of women in the gym that I go to. I hear them talk. Do I, and I want to know: do do women uh, create an image of the man that they? The men that they have, do they create an image of how they want him to be? And if he doesn't, you know, if he's not that, if he doesn't fit that image, do you do you think? And I guess my question is, is it wrong for them to try to um, to to create the man rather than love the man that they have and stop trying to change his his ways and and, and all of this crazy stuff? How important is that for you, for the woman not, or the man to not try to change each other, one another? That's, I mean, that is key to any relationship. I think men do the same thing. Men, you know, when they watch movies and they see women in negligees and they see women do certain things, it's like, well, why can't you do that? Or why can't you be like that? You know, and, you know, I used to have to tell my husband, that's TV. It's a movie. It's supposed to be like that, you know. Um, But I think we all have some unrealistic expectations, and the key to our success is that we've learned since um, we've reconciled, you know, we tell each other all the time, just you be you and let me be me, and and we accept each other for that. And so he doesn't try to change me into something. I'm not trying to change him, and we are cool with that. And and when you can get to that point where you can just say, you know what, so what he doesn't put the dishes in the dishwasher the way I like them, or so what he doesn't, you know, do this the way I like it, I'm going to accept them accept him for who he is and vice versa, You will that will relieve so many arguments and so much frustration because the Bible tells us to become one, but it doesn't tell us to become the same. Mm. And so many times we're trying to get our spouses to be like us, and that's just crazy. Wow. Accept the differences. Accept the differences. I'll tell you this, listeners. If y'all ain't getting nothing out of this tonight, wow, <laughs> something is wrong. Because, you know, I have never heard that explained that way. He didn't tell us to be the same. He said just be one. Just be one. Wow. Well, you know what? I have a I have people on Facebook hitting me up right now. 
and and I guess it's a young lady going dealing with um, in, in a relationship with a guy, and her question is, how can I stay with a man that I know that's not right for me, but for some reason I can't leave? She doesn't go mm. into any detail as far as what he's doing or anything, but she, I guess, basically she doesn't love this man, but she's in a relationship with him, and but she don't know how to get out of it. Well, the, there's a big difference on how I would answer the question. One is, is she married to the guy? Because if she's married, that would I would answer it one way. But if she's not married, which it sounds like she's not, right? Um, I don't think she is because then, she is her husband. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I'm assuming she's not based on the way she asked the question. Um, I would say run, <laughs> literally run, <laughs> because. I mean, it's bad enough when you get married, you're going to have challenges and, and, and problems and struggles. But, you know, if you already know up front that this man is not for you, you just need to run. And the reason probably why she's not is maybe because there's some fear there um, that yeah, I don't know if he's paying the bills or helping to pay the bills. You know, the economy is – I have a lot of people who are afraid to leave situations, um, and it's just, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, because of the economy, they can't afford to be on their own. And I say you cannot base any decision based on fear. If you do, you'll always end up regretting it. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. Hopefully hopefully that's the answer she was looking for, too. And do you deal with abusive um and the domestic violence type thing, do you get a lot of that? Um, actually, praise the Lord, I don't. Um, but if I have people that talk about it, I do send them to a third party. Um, I don't I don't personally deal with issues like that. I'm not a certified counselor, and I think you would definitely need a certified counselor to deal with that. What I do tell people who um, I have, you know, talked to people who have been in abusive relationships, and if it, to me, if you are in a position where you are fearful of being married to that person, of what they may do, you need to run. You need to go get some help. In my situation, I was never fearful of my husband. Um, we just had one of them bad days that we just went off, you know, but um, if you're fearful, you need to leave. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing that I've always learned and that I've always, you know, in talking to people about abusive relationships is that many a times when the man is the abuser, they use words to, and, and you can pick up on those words, certain things they say that, you know, will trigger that thought process, that should trigger that thought process, but the women normally will be, so wrapped up in emotion about that man being the man that they want him to be, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not. Mm-hmm. You know, they want that man to be the one that they can say, I love him or he loves me, but yet they know he's the abuser and they just hope that he's going to stop or they think that he'll change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have my sister, both of my sisters actually were in abusive relationships. And, you know, one will tell you that she said, "Well, I just picked the wrong kind of man," and the other one will say, "No, the wrong man chose to put his hands on me." <laughs> you see, so it's just a it's just a difference of perspective. Mm-hmm. Where in one, you can tell that there was a self esteem issue because mm-hmm. she was blaming herself. Yeah. Where the other one, she was very confident and she knew right away that this was not the right type of relationship to be in. That's right. And she didn't hesitate to get out of the relationship. That's good. Yes. You know? Yep. Absolutely. But I want to talk about a little bit about the fun side of marriage. Okay. You know, because most people when they when they get married, they they have these terms, you know, that's my old lady. Or, <laughs> you know, oh that's my ball and chain, you know. Or I'm shackled, you know. They always have these terms that that sort of put a negative spin on marriage, as if marriage is a burden, like marriage is like jail or prison, 
you know, where, you know, in my own experience, marriage is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun to, to be able to just, you know, sit back and, and crack jokes with somebody that you love, you know, or, you know, hey, let's go swimming. I can remember my wife and I took the kids to uh, a theme park in Georgia called Wild Adventures, and they have this big water park, and she and I just rode around in the little, they're like, there's like a water um, river that goes around and through the area, you know, like around in a big circle, and you just ride on these these big floats. And she and I just rolled on the float and held hands all the way around, and we had a good time, you know. And just little simple things like that most people don't even think about, but we were enjoying marriage. Man, that's good. I think that um, we just looked at a video, it's a documentary of a positive image of black marriage. And one of the things that it said was that our image of marriages, um, if you really think about it, it's just so negative. Black marriages are just so negative. Um, it, it, you don't hear on on in the media that they talk about people who've been married for a long time. It's always, you know, this person got a divorce and this person got a divorce. And so you just hear so many negative things about black marriages. But there are positive images, and marriage can be fun, and it can be great. Again, when you're in the middle of um, your what I call wilderness period, when you're in the middle of it, of course, you don't see that. But you have to, by faith, because we walk by faith and not by sight. So you can't walk by what you see. You cannot base your whole life around your current situation. Because if you do, it's going to move you away from God's purpose and his plan, and it's going to move you away from really being able to enjoy your marriage one day. So you're in the middle of it, and my purpose for coaching and for writing and for, you know, doing radio shows is to just give people a glimmer of hope that, yes, marriage can be great. You can have a happily ever after, but it requires faith. It requires hope, and it requires love, unconditional love, the kind of love that the agape love that God gives towards us, we are to extend towards others, especially our spouses. That's so true. Let me ask your opinion on on now that we have a beautiful black family in the White House. Do you think Mm -hmm. that that mm, you think that's going to shed a lot of light on how we? You know how how the countries view black marriages now, black couples and black relationships. Because I listen to a lot of my white friends talk about the way that uh, our president and the first lady how they act with one another, how they move and how they touch, and they're just blown away with it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you've been reading just the negative part and the negative exactly. Side of yeah, <laughs> do, do you think that will change some? I pray to God it does. Um, I think it has. Um, but I also think that before he came along that we still had those images that we just, it was so few of them. And it's, it's people like, you know, what about Ossie Davis and Ruby D? Yeah. I mean, they're prime examples of till death do you part, you know. So you have people who have done it in the past, Bill Cosby and his wife. Yeah, you know, have been married 40-something years. Although they honored their vows that they're going to stick together through thick and thin and they had infidelity, but they still stuck in there. You know, you have those images, but people didn't talk about them. Mm. So I think what Obama is doing, he's not the first, you know, person to have a great marriage and something that we can look forward to. I think he is just making us say, you know what, now let's look at all the other ones. And then you've got people, basic people like you and I, you know, that are having success in our marriages. And so I think eventually the tide will turn. And it has to because our families are being destroyed. And when you destroy the marriage, you are destroying your children, you're destroying the community, you're destroying your church. And that's why we have to take back our families. We have to, 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 to build stronger families, build stronger black marriages, um, and, and in that you're going to build stronger communities and stronger churches. With the little yeah. girls, too, um, Brian and I, we were talking. Do you, 
how do you prepare? And then I can only speak for the for the boys and the men, because we as men we're taught at a very young age to really not show your emotions. Well, the emotion that they don't want you to show, they don't want you to show the sad part or the part that you're hurt. They don't want that part to show. And and I really do believe that that is really affecting a lot of men because when as a man and you're married, your wife is going to see you at your weakest point. Yeah. She's going to see that. And if that's not the time for us to clam up and not talk and not do this type of thing. And I think it's really important if a man can share his feelings to his wife um, about what's going on because if he can't, I mean, she's being cheated. and I mean, the relationship is being cheated because women can really, you know, communicate on a level, well, I'm hurting, you did this. And it's not showing a sign of weakness for the men. What 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 do you think as men? What do you think we need to do to strengthen the, the man to to be able to say, you know what, this is something that I'm going through, I'm hurting. Basically, how can men reach out and show women that side of uh, of that man that they probably never seen or never will see? Um, I think it has to get to a point where um, there's a such a trust in the relationship where, as the Bible says, that you can be naked and not ashamed. And when you can get to that part, I mean, the stuff that my husband and I have gone through um, will just, you know, when I told, when I told my brother some of the stuff and he was like, wow, no wonder y'all are you know, so strong now. <laughs> Because right at this point, we're naked and not ashamed. There is nothing that I can do in front of him that would be embarrassing. There's nothing vice versa. So I think just being at a point where you can trust each other enough to open up to say, you know what, I'm going to be vulnerable even though this person may, and that's what we, you know, we think about, this person may use this against me. But just letting all of that go and just being open and so honest and so transparent where you can just be naked and not ashamed, I think that's key. Um, I also think it's key for men to just, um, I think for women, if you if you notice over thousands of years, it's been mostly women in the churches. Mm-hmm. And women are really, um, if y'all men want to know what women are really looking for, women are looking for strong leaders in their family. And when I say leaders, I'm talking about husbands. We're looking for someone to lead us, especially from a spiritual standpoint. And so you have so many men who don't want to go to church. Why? Because of emotions. You know, they don't want to praise God. Why? Because of emotions. (laughs) Um, That if you can just allow God to just be God in your life and just be so open to him and transparent, then I think you'll be better husbands and you'll be better better fathers. And so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for, I remember the enemy kept telling me when I was separated from my husband, oh, I want a stronger man, you know, I want a stronger spiritual man, you know, and it was okay for me to divorce my husband because he was not that, that person that I wanted him to be. But I was looking at him through my eyes and not looking at where God is going to eventually have him because God has his hands on him. And so we have to also not look at people from a natural, it says you're not to know no man from a natural standpoint. You are supposed to look at them through the eyes of God. And so that's how God looks at us, through the eyes of Jesus, Um, that we're blood washed. And so if we can just get to that point, but women are looking for strong spiritual leaders in our homes. And the men, they really need to step up. I totally agree. You know, I I think it's important that we also, you know, talk about why marriage is so important. You know, because I know from my standpoint, I have children, and family has always been very, very important to me. And, you know, and when I when I look at my children, I always say, well, I want some grandkids eventually, you know, and, 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 you know, you never look at your children and say, yeah, I want my children to have some kids out of wedlock, and then I have some, you know, uh, 
some children that, you know, some grandkids that don't have a daddy around. You know what I mean? You never say that. You know, you never even think like that. At least, at least I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's why, you know, for me, family and, and marriage is important because I want my children to be able to, uh, you know, live my, le- you know, carry on my legacy. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, they have to be married. And so what I try to do is, you know, and, and everybody that knows me knows that I'm probably the biggest clown, the biggest jokester they'll ever meet. And so a lot of times I'll play games, you know, I'll do stuff. And, you know, my wife is like the anti-game person. She don't like games. She's like, don't play games with me, you know. <laughs> but I'm just like that. Well, I'll play games. And they'll see me do stuff to my wife, and she's mad. She'll chase me through the house. And, you know, we just do stuff, and they're like, Daddy, you are crazy, you know. And I just think it's important that that married people have fun, you know, because, there's, I mean, when you look at it, there's always going to be bills. There are always going to be issues that you have, but you have to work through them. But in all that, the thing that we focus on the most is the bills. Oh, we're not getting enough love or, you know, the finances ain't right or my house isn't big enough. My yes, did we lose her, Bird? Hello? Hello, Brian. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Please forgive us. We're having some technical difficulties, and we're not sure exactly what or how we were disconnected here. But tonight's special guest is Ms. Jewel Powell. She's the author of uh, Marriage 101. You can also go to her website at www.marriage101.us. And she has a lot of products there that you can order, and, and obviously you can contact her and talk with her about a lot of things that she's doing. And also she's a very good author, the name of her title of her book again is Marriage 101. Again, please go to her website. Please put her to work. I think she's available for workshops and seminars as well. And I tell you what, we are so excited to have her on the show tonight. And I tell you, I've taken so many notes. And if there's any questions that you may have for Ms. Powell, you can get in touch with her by going to her website again. That is www.marriage.com. The number is 101.us, and you can contact her there. You can also, uh, she has a prayer line that you can also call in on as well. If you just go to her website, her email address is jewel, J-E-W-E-L-L, rpowell at gmail.com. The phone number there, you can she can be reached at 301-743-5654. And the address is 34 Shining Shining Willow Way, number 132. That's in, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, La Plata, L-A, P-L-A-T-A, Maryland, 20646. And hopefully we have Brian who just came back on the line. Brian, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes. Did Thank we lose the call? went out. I'm here, too. Yes, okay, go ahead. Yes, I was giving you information out. We went blank for a minute. I don't know what happened. But, Ms. Powell, if you would, are you available for speaking engagements, or, or do you and your husband travel and do seminars and workshops together, or is this just something that you do? No, we do it together. Good, good, good. Okay. I gave out your information, the phone number, the address, uh, your email address, and hopefully someone will put you to work. We have about five minutes left in the show. Uh, and I just, I tell you what, you have really, really blessed 
uh, me tonight, and I, a lot of my friends are texting me right now with the, all these questions, and I'm like, well, you just call in and ask yourself, or you contact her yourself. But mm-hmm. I, I noticed that yes. you have a yeah. I noticed that you have a prayer line. Yes. Tell us about that. We have well, we have a couple of free things. Again, this is ministry for me. It's not about making money or anything like that. So we have every first Saturday of the month, we have a marriage Bible study. And every fourth Sunday, we have a prayer line for anyone who needs prayer. And then we do blog talk radio. We're doing it, we used to do it every week. I think we're going to move to every other week now. Mm -hmm. And then in my area, in La Plata, Maryland, it's near Waldorf, Maryland, we have um, once a month free marriage events that people can come out to. So we're doing a lot of things to, to reach people. Yeah. And lately with the way the economy is right now and the way things are, are going on, are you, I'm sure your prayer line is probably kind of hot right now. Um, Actually, it was hot. We had a, um, in February, we met every morning from 6 to 6.30, and yes, it was, it was nice. Um, it was a little, you know, taxing for me every morning, but um, yes, people are uh, seeking for prayer, and I'm here to pray for them at any time. Um, I also have a social site, uh, marriage101.name site, mm-hmm. and that's where they get daily coaching. So um, every day, every other day, you'll get uh, a message about marriage from me or some insight or something like that, so they can always sign up that, with the uh, social site as well. Awesome, awesome, good. Awesome, awesome. You know, I was, I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about how fun fun marriage is. How fun (laughs) marriage is. And, you know, that enemy, he just had to shut me up. I know it. (laughs) And my pastor has been talking about that lately. You know, he he talked about how we have to take marriage back. Mm -hmm. We have to take the things that are in marriage back. He said, for once, and, you know, it's funny because my pastor is, uh, you know, he's a young guy, and he makes no bones about what he says. He says, if it's in the Word, he'll say it. You know, but he said that young, he said marriage, people who are married, let me make sure I say this right because if I don't, I'm going to paraphrase it. <laughs> that way if I mess up, I didn't mess, mess it all up. But basically he said what married people have done is we've allowed single people to take marriage away from us. All the things, all the benefits of being married, he said we we allowed them to take it from us and that we have to take it back, you know. Because when most most people, when they see married people, you know, if it's not your grandparents or your great-grandparents, they don't seem like they're happy. Yeah. Get around most married couples and, you know, when they pull, when they that girlfriend pulls the other girlfriend to the side, they're talking about complaining, fussing. The guy pulls the other guy to the side, he's talking about complaining, fussing. You know, and so it doesn't seem like marriage is fun because right. you know believers aren't reflecting what marriage is. Yes. So, yes. so it's our job, it's our duty, it's our task. It's the reason that we were allowed to marry the man or the woman of our dreams so that we can show everybody how to do it. Yes. But, I mean, you know, just think about it, and this is what I thought about when I was separated and I went to God and asked him. I mean, he is the creator of marriage, and we're going to probably end on this thing. You know, he told me, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. he says, I know the plans that I have towards you. They are good, right. not of evil, but to give you an expected end. We have a God that wants to do good. He created marriage to be good. It's not for evil. It's not for us to be in bondage and broke, busted, and disgusted and having problems and all these other things. Marriage is good, but you have a, you, he has a plan and he has a purpose, and you've got to follow his ways. We're trying to follow everybody else's ways of marriage, Dr. Phil, Oprah, and everybody else, when we need to go to the Creator and do it His way, and His way is perfect. That's right. Awesome, awesome. And I think we will end on that note because we got just under one minute left. 
will you really quickly give us your contact information? Sure. You can reach me at marriage101.us, and my phone number is 301-743-5654. All right. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That, gentlemen, that was Ms. Jewel Powell. Make sure you contact her to help you fix whatever you broke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and Brian and Greg. Thank you so much. Thank you. And with that being All said, right. and listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, we thank you for joining us tonight, and we ask you that you please join us again next week. Check that. Next week we will be on vacation. Yeah. So make sure you listen to the show uh, this week, all, all next week. But we thank you, and we say good evening to you, and God bless you all. Good night. Good night. Good thank night. you, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.